Hello and welcome to the weekly TNT talk show. I'm Tony Vasula. I'm Tayo Boya. We're a couple of numpties. So what? <laughs> <laughs> have you heard us? Well, I, I I have, and I think we're perfect. I I think. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we discuss issues that are in the public domain, but which other talk shows fail to adequately address. Not only are we available on all the major audio platforms, and you can search for us on Google just by searching for the TNT Talk Show. We will appear if you do that. You can also listen to our show every Sunday evening at 11 p.m. on Seclo Radio 105.5 FM. In today's show, we discuss free speech. Is it a thing of the past? Teo. Hello, my friend, once again. I hope you are feeling a bit better now that you've been quite poorly, obviously. Yes, uh, Tony. Uh, Thank you for that. Uh, Yeah, I'm uh, I'm still here, still uh, hanging in there, which is the important thing, I think. Good, good, good. So just so our listeners know that you are the same Teo as before this, should we continue (laughs) our ritual and ask you to say hi to our audience? Oh, for goodness sakes, Tony. <laughs> hello, Tony's friends. <laughs> hello, hello, audience. Not all my friends. We have a lot of your audience as well, Tony. Yeah, so. well, um, I think it's building up a little little by little, which is uh, encouraging. Um, yes, yeah, so hello. Welcome to the show, everyone. Good, good, good. Wonderful. Now, for you listeners, if you're listening to this show and you're wondering, gosh, he sounds like he's got a croaky voice. If you listen to this show the previous week, you'll discover why Teo has got such a croaky voice. And it's uh, quite a uh, ugh, it's quite a tight sort of example of why he's got it. He's He unfortunately went through COVID, hospitalised, but I won't say any more than that. You listen to the previous show and, you'll, and Teo did a great job of explaining all the issues that he went through. Mm. And it's quite an interesting... Uh, show so please listen out for that one now today's show is slightly different to our normal show because we actually have a guest with us today we're privileged to have a colleague called Jonathan Pittam to our show now Jonathan is a speaker he's a trainer and he also specializes in mental health education but he is also quite versed on this subject for today, hence why we invited him onto the show. Jonathan, do you want to say hi to our audience? Hi, Tony and Teo's audience. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Jonathan. (laughs) I think we'll have quite a few of your audience on here, hopefully, when this goes live. But Teo, as this particular topic was one that you came up with do you want to firstly say a few words regarding it please yes this is all to do with um my perception of what's happening in schools and in universities because i'm transitioning out of my current uh, job which is um, software and uh, i've a bit bored with it now and I started looking into uh, going into the classroom and teaching and basically because I'd like to help spread some of the things I know amongst, um, you know, troubled teenagers and people, people like that. But there's so many conditions that you have to adhere to and things you can't say. And I just thought, hold on a second. I thought this was meant to be a free society where, you know, we are able to express points of view which may or may not be offensive to to other people. The essential question is this: is if we are if we live in a free society, does anybody have the right to not be offended? And and there, it's there are all sorts of consequences that I wonder if people are even aware of. I want to ask the two of you as a starter question. Oh, since the beginning of this century, has self-harm and suicide risen, remained the same, or, or diminished amongst um, uh, what you characterize normally as the youth 
which would be, say, you know, 25 and younger, amongst that kind of age bracket, people like that, would, what, what, what would you... It's sorry? gone up considerably. Considerably. Yes. Self-harm amongst girls, amongst females, self-harm amongst females is up by an astonishing... This is the Guardian uh, newspaper here in the UK. It's going to buy 70%. 70 so what's this got to do with freedom of speech, though? It's all to do with fragility, with the idea of fragility. Now, if you have a, a crystal vase and you break it, you tip it over, it smashes on the floor, you've destroyed the functionality of that vase. You haven't helped. That vase is fragile in a particular way, and your actions have destroyed the vase. This is what we say when we say, be careful to children, be careful, stranger, stranger, danger, danger, be careful, because there are people out there who prey upon children and who can damage their fragility, perhaps permanently. But there's another kind of fragility, and that's the fragility of the autoimmune system. And if you protect your children from peanut butter and from this and from that. The actual opposite happens. They don't get stronger, they get weaker. Bullying in school is the ability to stand up for yourself. It trains you to stand up for yourself. Yes, it needs to be monitored. Yes, it needs to be kept within certain boundaries. But the idea that all fragility is bad is what is behind this safe space, this cozying and coddly, uh, coddying, it's a coddling of, of, um, of the public debate. And it's also very dangerous because who is it that decides what is good free speech and what isn't? That's where the real danger lies, that the demagogues get a hold of, of, of the, the reins of power and therefore tell us, what we can think and what we can't think. If you think about 1984 and Newspeak and all that, it's it's all to do with who controls the ability of people to say things. And that's my position. I think free speech is the defense against demagoguery. It isn't the weapon of demagoguery. It's amazing. Okay. It, the, the, the discussion has been inverted on its head. We are now trying to defend ourselves from the people who are attacking us the, the best. That's my position. Jonathan, do you want to, do you echo those sentiments or have you got a different viewpoint? Well, like I said to you when we were chatting before we started, I'm always open to changing my mind on things. Um, I think when I, when you look across history at censorship, because I guess that's the opposite of freedom of freedom of speech and expression, is it? Censorship, or that's how I look at it. Yeah. It doesn't seem to lead to good things. I mean, if you look under, I don't know, Stalin's Russia, and if you decided to criticize the regime, you could then be, you know, for having dissenting views, you could then be uh, diagnosed with having something called sluggish schizophrenia. So it's a way of censoring people without saying we're censoring them, but actually making them, ostracizing them almost, having views that didn't fit. So I think, yeah, I can see why, I can kind of agree with Terry's point that it doesn't, it doesn't, probably doesn't lead to good things in terms of like fragility. If we're, if we're afraid of opinions that we, that make us feel uncomfortable or insulting to us. So I, I can see there's an argument for that, you know, the strength in the immune system analogy as well. I think we have to be exposed to certain things that we don't like because actually good things can come out of that through discomfort can actually come growth. Okay. I, I get some of the arguments that people make on the other side that, you know, that well about the, you know, the, the, the shouting fire in the movie theater, right. Or whatever it is, you know, all that. I don't, I think that's actually incorrect what they're quoting there, but it's, yeah, I can, I can see sometimes it can cause a problem things that some people say, but at the same time, I think there are laws for the things that are mostly problematic. So I think as things are at the moment, it's okay legally. It, it is in my opinion. You have to draw the balance. There's, there's, there's complete freedom of speech where mm. you can say anything you want at any time, total freedom. But we're human. You can say things and people are affected by it. So you've got to cater for those people who aren't equipped 
to respond or necessarily mentally strong with some of these words that some people may choose to use. So Sorry, you, you why have did to you say have, that. But you're saying that freedom of speech should be almost universal. You shouldn't be having any suppression whatsoever. But Absolutely. in a sensible society, you do need some suppression of freedom of speech. Like I've said it on other shows before, where you can't have 100% freedom. It's got to be something like 90, 98%. So that 2% is where you start to go into areas where you could actually incite violence or you're proposing um, threats to people's uh, safety you're you're doing something that promotes crime or disorder that has to be restricted to be that's sensible. all illegal though that is it is illegal agreed mm. and that's the illegal element we are as a society able to express our freedom of speech we are so i'm still trying to find where Teo is pointing to that's stopping us actually being expressive you've said i don't people know if this mollycoddled. happens in a I way. don't know if this happens in because the the debate I watched uh, was from a gentleman who came up from the United States of America, and he was he's a lecturer. I think he's a lecturer at York University, but he also lectures in the states, and he was talking about um, in the United States of America. I don't know if this happens in the UK. Students have a telephone number they can call whilst they are in the lecture hall to report a lecture for having been triggered, for triggering them. Wow. Now, wow. under the circumstances, I know, okay. you know, that's you can bit, come in. That's a bit extreme. I'll well, come with you there. Yeah, sorry, yeah. So this is, um, when you talk about safe spaces, what I was actually challenging you on was not on the notion that you uh, we, we, should, we shouldn't have um, uh, 100% um uh, we shouldn't have 100% free speech. That's not what I, I questioned you on. You said, because some people need to be protected. That's what I was questioning. Hold on, hold on. Who are you to protect other people? Why can't they protect themselves? Well, children, and, for instance. And, as an adult, uh, you, you should be responsible for children. They can't protect themselves. So you, as an adult, have to ensure that you've even said it yourself at the start of the program. Their children are vulnerable to a point so if people are there to maybe want to cause them harm in some way then we as sensible adults have to prevent that so well okay hold on right fair, fair enough but first of all i didn't understand that we we're talking about children i thought you were talking about because when i'm speaking about free speech and things i am really kind of thinking about uh teenagers and uni students and people older than oh, that okay so in the yeah. back of my mind i was never looking about Five years. But that said, that being said, uh, recently in the last uh, three, four decades, if that, maybe even just two or three decades, we've had this um, LGBTQ uh, identity politics kind of thing um, really flaring up. And I, I was 2000 and, whew, 2012, 2013. Uh, received some visitors, some f family friends. Uh, they came in. They had a eight, nine year old. He was he was watching something on on TV, and it was just to me, it was just a polemic for LGBTQ, for for under tens, and I was I couldn't I couldn't just wrap my head around it. You know, when I was nine or ten years old, I I, I was in my mind. Captain of Stingray. Uh, you probably don't even remember that. I'm so much older than you. Stingray. I don't even remember I things like yes. Stingray, Stingray, Thunderbirds. And yes, fabulous. I used to tie program. a towel around my neck. I think we all did, didn't we? I used to tie a towel around my neck and run around being Captain This and Captain Scarlet. <laughs> Captain Scarlet, indestructible. <laughs> indestructible. This is the. This is this is what you expect when when your your child says, "I'm watching TV." I, at the back of my mind, that's what he's, he or she is watching. You know, I'm not expecting people to be exposing them to um, gender identity politics, for goodness sakes. But you're talking so about something, you're almost, you're almost contradicting your own argument because you're now saying that 
the free speech shouldn't be allowed to the younger people because they're still vulnerable. Their their thoughts and ideas and their I'm saying that you can't challenge that narrative. That's what I'm you can't challenge you can't challenge the narrative because if you try to challenge the narrative, you will be told that you are crossing the line. That's what I meant by the demagogues actually have the reins of power. It's all, it's a farrago of lies. They don't believe for a second in free speech. The, 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 no, sorry, they don't believe for a second in protected speech. They believe in grasping power and they pretend that in order, because you're fragile, you need to be protected. That is why I jumped on you, Tony. That's that's what I went. Why who are you to say that? Because that that little mind shift, that little mind shift to I will protect you, is everything in who has power over whom. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do understand what you're saying, but I'm still not convinced that what you're saying is is because we've got laws that protect us generally, and you're thinking that. There's some demagogue out there who is deciding who needs protection and who doesn't. It isn't an individual. It's a it's public body and people from society contribute to it. And then these are then put forward as as maybe adjustments to laws if they're necessary, because obviously we've got Internet and social media that's constantly evolving. So these laws need looking at to ensure that nothing slips through the net. But I take your point about LGBT plus 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 Q, whatever it is. I don't know the exact terminology. For, forgive me if I got it wrong. But they are they are trying to pass their message on so that people accept them for who they are, not to convert anybody. It's for acceptance. It's like there's we, we touched on it before where. There's certain people, for instance, in America that don't see a black person. So their viewpoint of people who are non-white can't be very favorable because they have no experience. So what what's happening here is these few individuals and they are a minority who are LGBT, etc. They are trying to uh, they're trying to allow people to understand they are just normal people. Yes. They might be slightly different sexually, but they're still normal people and they should not be chastised in society. And they are the majority. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be anywhere near children who are not yet sexually mature. No one should be, not even heterosexuals. It's, it's I'm saying, trying to say. That's uh, a separate argument. I agree with you to a point there. I do. Yeah, agree. it's not appropriate, man. I mean, like I said, no. stick with Captain Scarlet and stuff like that. <laughs> Can and I add then, something? It is yeah, as well. Please, I, please I, jump I think, in. I think, is it, if I'm, I think what, Teo, I don't know, if I'm wrong, Teo, I don't want to spit, put words in your mouth. It's more you're saying a bit in the way that certain socialists might claim that they're fighting for the rights of the poor, but really it's because they hate the rich. Exactly. That, that certain people are using the argument of hate speech. Really. It's not because they want to help the oppressed. It's more because they want to control other people. Is that more what you're saying? I think you've, I think you've put my position down in a nutshell brilliantly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. okay. So yeah. I, and I, I, I would say, I can, it, yeah, that seems like quite a clear thing because I guess when you look around the political discourse about things, there's a lot of like a politician might be saying that oh, you should have done this because it's affected the poor and this and that to the opposition party, but really the subtext is you guys are bad and I want everyone to see how bad you are. I'm not really fighting for the oppressed. I'm actually just trying to make the other party look really bad, but mm. they're just using the poor or the oppressed class or what we would call some, some we call victims or the, the, uh, the, what they call, what's the word, the vulnerable as just a mask, but really I'm not, that's not what I'm really about. So, Agreed. so Agreed. in this example with the LGBT, is that all you're saying? It's just a mask. It's just a front. No. The LGBTQ crowd, they've got their own agenda. The people who allow them to prosecute that agenda whilst preventing people's dissenting voices, dissenting voices like mine, 
they are not actually safetyists. They're not actually invested in the safety of the LGBTQ or any other subgroup, by the way. It doesn't have to be LGBTQ. They're not invested in their safety. What they are invested in, as Jonathan has said, is they're invested in expanding their own control over the public discourse. So when you look at, I've been proscribed, as I mentioned before, by Twitter uh, for being, I had my account uh, suspended, and subsequently I just closed my account, I couldn't be bothered. Um, I was proscribed for trying to, trying to present my point of view on these things. Then I'd get reported, reported by a bunch of people, I'd get strikes, and they get in touch. And I'm like, well, how do you how do you have a debate without having a debate, man? This is what I always ask them. Now, do you not yes, think, okay. though, that's Sorry? what, when people are uncomfortable with your argument, if they don't want to debate it, a way of shutting down the argument is by having you thrown off the platform. Yes. Or, or giving a, attaching a label to you as Teo's a, a fascist or Teo's a, um, what, what, some transphobic. Ist. So it's some but, kind of yeah. ist, you know. Yeah. yeah. So you, I guess it's get- a you didn't get anything like Donald Trump got saying that this argument is sort of not true. You didn't get anything like that, did you? No, no, no. Okay, no, no. so it wasn't that at all. So what were they complaining about? There must be more to the story. I mean, what did you say? Did you say something inflammatory? Even though your argument may have been valid, you then overstepped the line because you then inserted something that was beyond reasonable argument. I have it a was policy of being as salty or saltier than people are being to right. me. That's my policy. Okay. Now, if you and I, as you can see, I know how to debate without being salty whatsoever. And if you keep a civil tongue in your head, I will keep a civil tongue in my head. But why should you be allowed to not keep a single civil tongue in your head, make all sorts of accusations against me, and when I defend myself, probably better than you are able to attack me, I get I'm the one who gets uh, deplatformed and stuff. I don't have that mentality of even reporting people. I don't even have the mentality. It's like we're in a public space. We're quite anonymous, really, and and we can say what we want to say, but. If I keep it to the same level or slightly more than you, you've done, why am I? I, I feel that uh, Twitter never had my back. Mm. I, I was fighting against a given position. Do you know what That's- I would add to that, though? To, I think, yeah, and I'll link this back to the sort of the world that I'm in, the mental health world. Mm. I think we're un- we don't like feeling uncomfortable with things. And, you know, for some reason now, you know, um, loss if so if some bereavement is now classed as or worse previously until recently classed as a, a psychiatric disorder you know if you were sad and low for three months it was bereavement but if it tipped over to three months and one day it was then classed as depression you know we don't like we call them negative emotions when sadness is is a natural emotion grief loss we we have all these resp- natural human responses but they're uncomfortable and we don't like them we try and medicate them away and i think so we're uncomfortable with certain emotions that we don't want. We try and medicate them away. There's a, are opinions out there that other people might have that we don't feel comfortable with. We don't want to go there and talk about them. So therefore, the easiest way to take that pain away or discomfort away and medicate it is to shut the other person down. So essentially, Isn't we're trying to though? medicate You go somewhere, you take yourself into a space, mm. you meet a discussion there, you join the discussion, and then you decide that you are uncomfortable. And then you want to shut down the discussion. You don't want to leave. That's something I don't understand. It's Mm. like no one's holding you. No one's forcing you to be there. You voluntarily joined the discussion. And if you you may may not have discovered unfollow people in Gab, which is um, a platform a bit like Twitter, but it is far less um, curated. Than, Twitter, mm. than his Twitter. There are so many racists um, on there, really hardcore racists. Uh, I, I just find it boring because I can't really get a conversation going without it eventually devolving into some kind of racist polemic. So I tried mm. Gab, but the reason I'm not on Gab really is just because I I can't speak what I want to talk about. I can't talk about what I want to talk about without being distracted by things. By so things. Did you so, find... The, Sorry, did you find that on Gab? Is it Gab or Gad? 
GAB, uh, uh, Golf yeah. Alpha Bravo. So as soon as you made a valid argument and someone couldn't then defend their position... Well, everything eventually you. starts turning in towards, you know, uh, race and, you know, things like that. And it's like, I'm not even here to talk about it. I want to talk about the elections <laughs> in the US. But you think, though, maybe it's, maybe it's if, you've, if you're someone who's used to just making their mind up on the spot and people agree, around them agreeing with them, or if you're maybe quite an aggressive person, people won't argue with you. Let's say, I mean, my, um, I've had friends like that in the past who just assume that their opinion is right. And you ask them why they believe it. They say, because it's true. They might have opinions <laughs> on gay people or on whatever it is. They say, how do you know that? Well, because it's true. So then I guess when you're in those, if you're that sort of person, you go into these sort of environments, you're used to people agreeing with you. And maybe that can be quite slightly intoxicating because for the people who are loudest on social media, especially like Twitter, they're used to people agreeing with them. So then when they come across someone who doesn't agree with them and pulls, picks the holes in their argument, they might not have experienced that before. So the, th the first thing they're going to think of is attack, attack. I'm going to criticize Teo. I'm going to call him this. I'm going to call him that. Or I'm going to get him shut down because I don't know how to deal with his argument. So maybe it's people who are used to being the loudest voice. When they come across someone like you, Teo, who's maybe got intelligent arguments, they don't like it. You're making them feel uncomfortable. I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I'd, I'd, I'd characterize it as that. Not on Gab. I wouldn't characterize it as, as, as that. I'd characterize it as people have an agenda uh, which they wish to pursue. So they are actually just... Um, <clears throat> they've joined the platform in order to make their views known and at every opportunity they want to make their views known even if it's not relevant to the conversation I was more interested in things like um, the current crisis if it is a crisis I don't, I don't know if you can call it a crisis in American in the American presidential elections the reason I don't know if you can call it a crisis is because there's a process, a legal process, which is followed. So how it can't be a crisis, can it? If, if you don't like what happened and you have recourse to the courts and you have gone to the, you are going to the courts with your evidence, that seems to me to be part of the process. I think that's fine. So what's happening in America now? I'd like to talk about it. I'm interested in the fact that some of the larger news media outlet are uh, not truly reporting it. If you <laughs> report it on the day-to-day -day comings and goings of Rudy Giuliani and uh, the Trump team, uh, who's saying what, what evidence they're talking about. I mean, as far as some of it is incredibly flaky, um, this uh, software uh, they're going on about. <clears throat> I forget the name of the software, yeah. the computer system. Dominion. But some of it... Some of it, you go, well, hold on a second. That's not actually funny. That's 600,000 votes in one state, Pennsylvania. And so that's you, sort of thing. So we're digressing here a little bit. Are not you so, then. Are not you so then, much digressing. I'm saying it's free speech. Where's the free speech? by the yeah, press. But, Where is it? But, but mm. the people who have got, who are overseeing the election overseeing it who are actually responsible for all that part of it have said there's nothing wrong why are people from the outside and that's what everybody is they're just on the periphery they only look over the fence they're not in the garden they are saying oh no 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 it's wrong it's wrong so if it's wrong there it should be wrong in every single state and that's where the issue is in the states that's a they're, huge they're not bringing up they're not bringing up if this problem occurs, it should be a universal problem in their whole system, and it should be looked at for sure. But they can't provide any proper evidence. They they spout fraud, fraud, fraud on TV, but when they go into the courtroom, they don't say it's fraud. Because they're in a court, if you say it's fraud, you've got to prove it. Otherwise, you know, you're in trouble. You can't lie. So this is why. And, and it's the same thing. If you find... Um, what's that old wives' tale or that old story? Uh, Peter cries wolf. Yeah, if you get yeah. that all the time, straight away, the the media outlets. I know they're supposed to report on stuff, but if they got the same bleating lambs, all they're doing is moaning, 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 and not providing any evidence. They have to seriously look at them. And go well. Look, 
guys you guys are charlatans we're asking you to provide the evidence on several occasions you don't bring it up so sorry we can't waste our time with you so they're just being sensible about the 600,000 votes in pennsylvania what do you know about it the 600 vote is this the 600,000 that that came in when just on the day of the election or bookmark the mailed-in votes afterwards so they in pennsylvania allowed if they were date stamped by the post office on the date of the election they were still counted even though they arrived afterwards because that shows that someone posted it the post office received it the post office stamped it on election day so they chose to count it what's wrong with that I think what is wrong with it is that when the decision was being made, there was no Republican in the room. And there are affidavits that is going into court. You, you said they're not going into court. They are going into court. It is in court as subjudice. If we were in America, I'm not even sure we'd be allowed to be talking about it in public. But it's subjudice. It is in court. And we're waiting for, and I think we should all wait for, the judgment. That's what I meant by it's not a crisis. It, the, why, why it's not a crisis? It's, it's going through the legal process. Okay. And it seems to me that an honest MSN, which is a mainstream media, mm-hmm. would be covering this. And we'd be, there'd be transparency. The, anti, the, the antidote to demagoguery is free speech. Indeed. It isn't the problem. Um, that's my that's my thesis here. I think that the more free speech you have, the freer your society, the less the demagogues can get a hold of the reins of power and, and use misinformation to, Absolutely. to attack the, the body politic. I go back to my point where I said, "Crying wolf, crying wolf." Then we'll find out, won't we? It's Indeed. good. It's fair enough. Indeed. If after all this, there's nothing, mm. Donald Trump is done for. He's done and for we anyway, he, regardless of Pennsylvania. And we, we know that he's cried wolf. And it's so it's all it's all well and good. Why isn't MSN doing its job and covering this meticulously? Keep us all informed. I think, but obviously, uh, most people realise nowadays that each news station, whether it's uh, CNBC, MSNBC in America, Fox News, they all have a, a political leaning. They don't really hide Indeed. that. So when you when you watch Fox News, it's going to be different, very different from MSNBC, and it's almost to the point of being a chat show where the mm-hmm. you know the the person's not even just reading the news; they're just throwing an opinion out there on stuff, yeah. and it's it's almost you might be, may as well be watching. Is it the View? You know with, uh, with that program. That's that's why I see a lot of those news stations. So I, it's almost pointless to me to watch them trying to get the news unless i'm going to go straight from msnbc to fox news or you've got you know just then you can make your mind up somewhere around the middle usually of the two but i don't think they make any secret nowadays of the fact that they're almost a bit of a chat show nowadays and are they are many of them really serious news outlets or are they usually just pushing their opinions yes it's it's probably it's it, it is because at the end of the day they're commercial stations they're pandering to their audience and they want the audience to come on so they earn more money. That's how it works. Exactly. It works by selling advertising. So they're going to lean and pander to the audience that's likely to watch them. So, yeah. And their shareholders, though, because if you think about oh, sorry, the advertiser, if you think about it, let's say you've got a radio station and Nike is one of the biggest advertisers. Then Nike has a sweatshop that's just, where the ceiling's just fallen down in in somewhere in one in a country. They're probably not going to report on that no. very heavily because that's, that's going to impact on the, the the advertising revenue from from Nike or an alternative company. It's choices at the end of the day. Or an alternative because, company because none of them are <laughs> state owned, effectively. Mm then they have a bias one way or another to their shareholders, to their owners, to their watching population. So you're never going to get an absolute free and impartial TV or or network, whoever it may be, purely because of those reasons. And it's understanding Mm. when you listen to the news from whichever station, you need to get it from several different sources. So as, as, um, I think, Jonathan, you just mentioned on it, go to Fox or MSB, MSN or whoever it may be. So you are getting a balance. You're not just sticking to one source. You've got to hear the opinions of the other side as well. And you make 
the judgment call. Unfortunately, in this day and age, most people don't do that. They just get their source of information from one place. And mm. that's their their legitimacy. That's their truth only on one one biased media source. And that then yeah. leads to people only having a, a, a restricted mindset. They're not open to ideas of expansive um, yeah. opinions from other people. And then you get this polarization problem that we're seeing in abundance in the state. But going back to the the original question with think about as well. Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was just I was gonna say sorry to interrupt. But I was thinking, what do you think about the school element of this? Because you know, we read adverts, there's newspapers, there's news channels. If we're able to think critically, most of this stuff we're able to sift our way through ourselves anyway. I think what what would your opinion be on how much of an impact our education system has on this? Because I know I read an advert, I'll read an article in a newspaper, and I can spot the BS pretty much straight away. If I hear a politician talk, I, I can I'm able to discern for myself what I think is really going on, or I've critically appraise what he's saying. But I've taught myself how to do that. So, what would you say about the impact of our educational system, and maybe the fact we don't get taught critical thinking? And then how the media can you on top get of taught that? critical thinking when the the patients have taken over the asylum? The idea okay, yeah. that a 16 <laughs> or 17 year old can come into an institution and start dictating terms is to me ab initio ludicrous. You don't know anything when you're 16. I know when I was 19, I thought I was the, you know, um, what's the expression, please? You know, I thought I knew everything. I, you were then, Google. Sorry? You were Google. <laughs> we didn't even have Google when I was 19. No, but my, my son, for instance, knows everything. He's 19. We refer to him as Google. So you were probably right. Google when you were that age. There's something about being 19 when you think you really are the, you know, the cat's whiskers. Um, <laughs> mm. There's something about it. And then it takes you a long time to realize, actually, you're a numpty, my friend. You don't know anything, uh, which is, you know. Then I becomes you a bit complicated. that more as you get older, you realize. Yes, you as you guys, you know, much older. Not, I mm. don't mean when you're 20, 21, you suddenly mm. discover, no, 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 no. Late, late 40s, early 50s, you start to realize, oh my goodness, I, you know, I must have been such an idiot in, in, in those days. But it's okay. Don't you think, you know? though? Don't you mm. think, though, it, as a youngster, you almost get the idea that, I guess, as, especially as in the male thing in society about being strong and never showing weakness. And I guess. We, maybe when we're 19, we think it shows strength to have strong opinions and stuff. Even oh, though we haven't ignorance. really thought... Jonathan, we're just well, ignorant. We just but, don't know. No, we don't know. <laughs> well, but even even if we haven't thought those opinions through particularly well, maybe the fact that we're that putting on that public show that I've got really strong opinions, that means I'm a strong person, and therefore and people who change their mind are weak, and I'm a man, so I can't be weak, maybe that plays a part in it as well. The fact that we, even if we know we're wrong sometimes, we, we can't lose public face by admitting we're wrong. So when someone throws a counter argument to our strongly held positions, maybe that's maybe we might see that as a personal attack on ourselves and our strength. So maybe that's why a bit of quite a lot of resistance goes up to other opinions. I, I, I can't speak for other people. I can only speak for myself. That wasn't what was behind my motivate my my mindset. My mindset was that I knew what I was talking about and I had thought about things. I had thought about things very long and very hard. And I was basically brilliant. And if you didn't agree with me, you were basically an idiot. That—that uh, that is my—that was my genuine opinion. But I didn't know that I didn't know. Mm. I, I, in fact, Tony and I were talking about this the very last episode. That what frightens me today is the understanding that when you are really ignorant, the one thing you don't realize is that you are really ignorant. And we're trying to remember, you may know this, Jonathan, it being mental health. There's this syndrome. Or if it's not a syndrome, it's a, an aphorism or something, which sort of says the more conf you have more confidence when you don't really understand what's going on. Hmm. Did you know what, do you know the name? There's someone's name. It's like... Are we talking about... Bit narcissistic traits or something. No, like it's that. not. It's not a trait. Uh, no, it's it's um something someone has noticed and it's become almost like a razor. 
It's like a razor. It's like a say. It's like someone's law. Is it Brifault's law? Is that it? Have I have I uh, lucked into it? Is it Brifault's law? I've not heard of that before. I don't Which know. is, you know, the, the the less competent you are, the more you think you are. Brifault's <laughs> law. Yeah, I can, and you can see that a lot around. I've I've got a nephew who's just turned seventeen, and he is is convinced that he knows everything. He's just yeah, yeah, so that was me. unaware that of himself. That was me that when he... I was 19. <laughs> <laughs> and I the more you try and reason with him and ask him why, he just knows that he is. So he doesn't need to think about it. He just knows okay. he knows everything and he's brilliant. I think it's is it Brifold's Law. No, Brifold's Law, I'm reading it now. The female, not the male, determines all the conditions of the animal oh. family where the female can That's derive right. no benefit from association with the male. No such association takes place that's metal forever (laughs) (laughs) definitely not that (laughs) no no okay that's a separate discussion indeed ah what is she i'm gonna i'll I'll look it up but uh, we'll ask our listeners if our listeners know if if our listeners knows Mm. can let us know on our our facebook page for sure okay i wanted to ask um jonathan uh important question jonathan do you see in your field do you see a correlation between mental health issues and people's ability to express themselves freely? Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a loaded question. And trying to ask the question in such a way that it isn't loaded, because mm-hmm. that would be misleading. So basically, I'm asking you, is there any correlation that you have seen in your work between people's ability to express themselves freely and their mental health. I couldn't. I couldn't say any statistically on that because I'm not. That's not something I've really looked into. But I guess, I guess, if people feel they can't express how they're feeling, then it's a bit like being able to talk about something, isn't it? When you're struggling with something, if you can't get it out of your head, if you so, if you keep it in your head, it looks very different when it's in there moving around to when it's outside your head. You know, we don't see things as as clearly when they're inside our own heads. So I guess the bit if we're not able to express ourselves, and that can, I'm sure that can lead to people having problems, but I've not seen anything statistically that that, that would lead to uh, answer your loaded question, Tao. No, <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would stand to reason that that would be true, though, because if you feel you can't express yourself, you're then being suppressed, and you can't, you feel trapped. So if you can't express how you're feeling and what you want to say, then surely that is going to be a build up. It's like you've already touched on it. It's like being able to let loose with somebody you trust and and let it all out. And then you feel Mm. better because you've you've let it escape. You've you've pulled the the piston or whatever, let the steam out. Mm. And I I mean, I I often do this with my wife where she's had a, um, a, a tough day. She'll come and explain all this stuff to me not because i i'm there to give her any answers because that's the worst thing to do but just there to listen and that is right so Taya, you're right if if someone is stopped from expressing themselves then yeah they're like a a a sprung a non-sprung coil they're just waiting to oh i can't get this out i want to say it but i can't and that would make sense you might have to distinguish though between someone who's got struggles in their inner world you know their emotional world how they feeling about things and not being able to ever get those out because when we get them out in the open air we're able to sort of see ways to move forward and someone who has opinions that they feel they can't express you see what i mean so that's not they're not two exactly the same things one is your feelings your inner world about things and another one is the fact that i don't know you don't like the fact that certain people disagree with you or something like have different opinions or you've got an opinion that people don't like so I think there would be a difference, not saying they can't have the same outcome, I don't know, but I would see a distinction between holding opinions you can't express and having inner turmoil that you can't express. I remember, I remember a funny thing regarding that sort of element, just very quickly. And any of you seen the film Crocodile Dundee? <laughs> Can you, you call that a knife? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a do, knife. Do you, yeah. do you remember they had a debate about whether everyone, because everyone in America at that point in time was seeing a shrink or a psychiatrist? Yes. And yeah, my therapist. 
That's right. And so he was saying from Australia, goes, nobody has a therapist. We just tell everything to Marv, who was their friend. And we tell him. And then he yes, can't keep true. his gob shut. He tells everybody yeah. else. So no longer a secret. So everyone knows your problem and the problem's gone away. It's being able to express it. And and maybe that is something that needs to be encouraged more generally. People should be able to express how they feel in their close communities, not necessarily on a platform of social media that the whole world sees it, but certainly around their their peer group, because then you'd get feedback from people you trust that you know, and they can give you more valid feedback as opposed to somebody on social media, you expressing your views to complete strangers. You have no idea what they come back with. It's, it's safer... Mm. For you and others if you want to express your opinions with people you trust and like and know because they will understand you more and able to not put you down because that's not the idea the idea is understand your viewpoint but explain their viewpoint and have intelligent dialogue like what we're doing here we encourage mm. people to do this sort of thing where they do open up and speak not necessarily try and do it fully on these other platforms because I think I've got, you, you, I've that's a good something. point. Sorry, go on. I beg your pardon. I found it. Hey. Oh. <laughs> it's called the, because it's been bothering me now for two episodes, it's called the Dunning Kruger effect. Have you oh, heard yes. of this? Oh, right. I've heard of this. There we go. Yes. It's the yeah, Dunning Kruger yeah. effect. And the, the, that was one thing. Now, <clears throat> I've got this question. It's bothering me. And I brought it up and I forgot about it because I didn't finish my thoughts. When I was 19, I modeled myself quite seriously and intensely for a long time on, at least I tried to, on Mr. Spock, Star Trek okay. thing. I just emotionless. thought it'd be... Emotionless. Yes, emotionless. Yeah, I was going to say, I can pure, see that. <laughs> pure logic. Well, I've done it all my life. So I do try to, you know, as much as possible, uh, look at my what my is happening emotionally, uh, identify what's happening emotionally. I try to set it aside and then just go with pure uh, reason and pure rationality. I don't often succeed. Sometimes I, I fly off the handle. Uh, humans are humans, end of story, I think. <clears throat> but what happened is this. I sometimes ask myself questions, and I tie myself up in intellectual knots, and I can't get out of it. And I'm looking forward to receiving the help of both of you gentlemen in answering this question for me. I do believe in free speech. Believe in it, you know, pretty much without restriction. And I wonder what would happen if someone said, I put up a signboard outside his or her restaurant saying, uh, no black people allowed here. I mean, we don't want any black people here. Mm. That's, that's, at that point, what is free speech? What isn't free speech? I, I know that legally, you can, you can write it up there, you say no black people, but you can't enforce it in the UK because in the UK, that would be um, <clears throat> going against certain... Sorry? Discrimination. That's discrimination. Yeah. That's discrimination. You can't enforce it. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying, can you write it though? Can you show your intent that we don't like black people? I'm not even sure I'm even upset with such a person because if you don't like me, why would I want to give you my money? Mm. But if they put that outside their restaurant, yeah, that's 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 freedom of expression, I guess, isn't it? They're allowed to say that, but they can't. If they say to you, then Teo, because you're black, you can't come in. That's 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 um, discrimination. Acting on discrimination. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, what do you feel? Do you feel that we should be able to say that? Is that free speech? Is that okay? I, I th I'm a firm believer in the marketplace for ideas. I think rather than having laws to stop people saying things, I think. When, a, when an idea comes up against other ideas, the, we, the best one will usually win out in, in a lot of cases. But I think it's if we say that someone can't say that, they're going to they're gonna still think it anyway. But, the, but letting that idea collide with, a, with other ideas might make them realize that's not a good idea. Whereas if we just say, oh, you're not allowed to say that, it doesn't get people to question make, why they think things. But when they come against other ideas, I think it does. I yeah, think that's but, where the change happens. But we've just said this now. You can't say that because you've given a reason you can't no, just no, you say, can't enforce you can't it say because it. you can't enforce it Tony you can yeah, say you can't it enforce it I'm saying okay so 
someone says, oh, I, I want to have sexual relations with someone underage. Is mm. that allowed? That's concerning. I don't know. If, I'm not sure, actually, because isn't that that's concerning? That's to do with the behavior towards children, isn't it? But okay. You're saying just expressing the opinion that they like to yeah, yeah, is different like to, to saying that they're going they're to actually doing it. But if someone said something as, you know, in my opinion, an abomination to say something like that. But if they did, that's freedom mm. of speech. Why can't they say yeah. that then? Why, why? Why? I'm not saying for a moment that I would agree with that, but they, them saying they have a preference for that. That's freedom of expression. Them saying they're going to do it to us because i remember when it comes to actually doing something like it's like inciting violence it's not saying in, incitement isn't in general i think you should go and do this to this group of people i think this should happen to this group of people if you're saying i think we should go around teo's house and do that that's specific incitement isn't it so i think if you're if i don't know why you're picking on teo there jonathan <laughs> <laughs> what i'm saying is if you're if you're stating you're going to do something that's different yeah I see. But so we should allow it? Well, you know, the, ch the chap you said is expressing a fondness for having um, sexual relations with minors. Hmm. It would be really good to know who this chap is. No, so I'm, we can I'm, keep him away. I'm just from, using uh, that as an example. No, if I'm, someone no, chose I'm, to say that, I know not that, that they, they know anyone. Well, I know I'm anyone just like saying that. that it would be useful information rather than him hiding it. And we exactly. don't know what's going through his his mind, so it'd probably be encouraged uh, to because I think there's no, treatments because, for because treatments then for some that other people have have freedom of expression and saying I don't like you now for expressing that viewpoint, and then yeah. there's also other people who would then take it under their own under their own um, hands and discover where he lives and probably do him over. So that's part of the reason. Of not expressing that's inciting things. violence. Yeah, exactly. If you po if you posted that Teo lives at number sixty six uh, Sycamore Grove and he he wants to do X Y Z, and that leads directly to people going to his house in a vigilante form, I think then you've you'll be responsible for inciting that. I think. I think. And yeah, sorry, to whoever lives at number six, six, six Sycamore Grove. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't I mean, live there, do you? Banana man lives no, there. I it, don't. It was not it was Eric and Banana Man. I think. Oh no, he, I think he lives at something sixty-six Acacia Grove. It's Banana Man in <laughs> Eric the boy in the cartoon. I see. So it's not a real person. It's a cartoon character. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's great. Good, well, you uh, clarified that, Jonathan. Yeah. Yes. But I think the point is, it's a bit it's, too much free speech there. I think for a second. It's like if someone shouts something in a cinema. You know the whole thing about fire in a yeah. cinema. There was talk about riots in or protests being shut down. Who uh, people are anti-lockdown, and I, I know they mentioned this thing about you know emergency measures that you you're not allowed to protest at the moment. So I guess I, and I'm just wondering is that because we're supposed to be on lockdown, so you shouldn't actually be convenient in public, or is it because it sounded almost at the time when they said it on the news? Is it because the government is allowed to stop you actually protesting and expressing your your, your with your freedom of expression during these emergency measures? I don't know what you guys know or think about that side of things. It's because you're not supposed to be gathering groups of mm. more than the, you. You go yeah. to a protest, you're going to take this um, COVID home. Mm. You take it home to your oh. grandma, your granddad, that person could be in serious trouble. And I, yeah. But yeah, but if you think about it, um, and I'm not jumping on any side of this, I'm just wondering what the facts are around it. Um, early in the first lockdown, there were a lot of protests around things like you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. And I think there were some Extinction Rebellion ones. And then today we've had protests at anti-lockdown ones. So they're they're all under the same emergency measures as far as I'm aware. So I just wonder mm. how one side is acceptable and one side is not. Because both are convening in public, or both are expressing their opinions, but one group has been shut down. So I was wondering why, if they're both under a state of emergency, why was it different treatment for for different parties? Well, Black Lives Matter became a bit of a yeah. sacred cow at one stage, didn't it? Hmm. So you couldn't uh, you couldn't touch Black Lives Matter with a with a barge pole. No politician would go there for fear of being browned I think and ist. Yeah, you're right there. What I about think, the police? Well, the same. I think I think because that was such a hot potato. In fact, what you're saying, Jonathan, it should have applied to all of them. Yes, because Black Lives mm, Matter I mean. was such a hot potato. It was left when it shouldn't really have been. Because imagine yeah. the uproar had they intervened. 
then it would have been even a bigger a bigger problem so they had to weigh on caution and think well do we intervene here or not and i suspect they would have liked to just to uphold the law because the law does say you're not supposed to congregate but in that case they just thought no nah, it's just not worth it do you think so because i mean they didn't, they didn't exercising do anything our free speech for about an hour yes we need to sort of <laughs> really wrap up here but go on jonathan say your final point I'll, and then we do need yeah to wrap i was just up. i was just going to say then so we've got say let's say you've got these people who are speaking out against the lockdown or let's say someone outright denies all the covid stuff could the government then under these emergency measures surely they have the right to clamp down on those people then don't they i would have thought so but if we're not entirely sure we can ask again our listeners and see if anyone would like to give us the detail of that, because I'm not entirely sure of that. I don't know if you are, Taya. Um, a, I'm not sure. B, if the, even if you, if you might have the power to do something, but as a politician, you have to think about what the headlines look like in the morning. As well. Mm. It's a very, very brave politician who would pick up anybody for protesting. And uh, mm. for, I mean, you could do it on the, on the quiet, which is, Sort of the British yeah. way of doing things, which, which probably does happen, actually. Yeah, just yeah. quietly pick people yeah. up, you know, and uh, not make a big fuss of it. But you, mm. you certainly wouldn't want to go up and uh, start grabbing people off the street in, and in the, public. Yeah, the, the TV pic, uh, television pictures of that. That, that would be. I've um, seen videos of that. Horrific. Sorry, I've seen videos. There was a. Young well, they're lady picking people would... up for breaking the law, not for protesting. Yeah, uh, no, she's the law. That's different. Yeah, she arranged a protest. She was she was arranging a protest, and um, pe- the police came to her. So I think they were arranging it via Facebook, and then police went to her house to arrest her, and she recorded them arresting her. Interesting. So okay. she was actually in a conspiracy to break the law because when you start arranging something, that becomes conspiracy. Yeah, and if you start Outside arranging the lockdown, to... though, this Sorry? was pre-lock. This was in between the two lockdowns. So this was well, the, she, must know, been, the... she must have been arranging to do something which was against the law. Otherwise, they wouldn't have an issue. Yeah. Mm. So, if, but and what I'm saying is, when you start communicating with, I think uh, somebody else, just the two of you can form a conspiracy. If you communicate to someone else an intention to break the law, you formulate a plan that is then called conspiracy, and it's conspiracy to whatever the the thing you're going to, the, the law you're going to break. And uh, conspiracy is pretty serious, actually, in uh, mm. British law. Absolutely. What was Jeremy Corbyn's brother? Because I, heard, I sort of heard about him on the news. He was fined £10,000 for protesting. So what wow. what, what law was yeah. he breaking? I, I, I haven't even heard of that. That's know. news to me. Don't know. Anyway, we must end the show there. Mm. We've been on. I'd like to firstly thank Jonathan for coming on the show and adding Yay. your expertise. Thank you, thank Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. I hope you've Thanks enjoyed it. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank great you. Great fun. Right. Now, you, the listeners, can send in your comments and feedback about what we've been discussing on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com forward slash Tony, T-O-N-Y, and Tao, T-A-Y-O. Now, if you leave any comments or questions on the Facebook page, Tao and I will do our very best to try and answer those questions on a subsequent show or even live on air. Now, as I said before, you can listen to our show on all the major audio platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, amongst others. And you can catch a show every Sunday on Seclo Radio 105.5 FM at 11 p.m. Or if that doesn't take your fancy, you can find out, find us on Google if you just search for the TNT talk show and we will appear. Teo, would you like to tell the audience what happens if they leave us any comments? If the audience member, you leave us a comment on our Facebook page, and if that comment should drive rage, apoplexy, heart attack, even, oh, that's going too far, <laughs> <laughs> but drive upset. The strange thing about this show is that we will probably have you on. And as you can see, we do have uh, people joining us now, which uh, has been a very interesting uh, experience. And we hope to have others in due course. So do pop along to our Facebook page if you 
feel very strongly about something, let us know about it. Brilliant. Right. I'd like to thank Jonathan again for joining us today. And I thank you, the audience, for tuning in. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.